Audio only is up. Hello, audio only friends. YouTube video. YouTube video. Recording. Hello, YouTube. And now, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm not going to ask you again. Are you ready? And we are live. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined, as always, by what was that? The original angry, oh, the original angry nerd girl herself, and the best cat mom ever, L Lestrange. L, happy Mother's Day to you and the cats that we've already had to shoo out of the studio five separate times, and now one is climbing on the computer and possibly ruining my audio-only track. So that's cool. Well, it is free comic book day weekend. It is a big weekend for comic books, but we would be certainly remiss uh, and maybe even out of place if we didn't uh, address the very big and very sad news of the weekend as well. Uh, what we all knew was eventually going to come to pass uh, when we was, uh, his diagnosis was made public. Uh, sadly, uh, George Perez passed away Friday uh, evening. Uh, according to uh, the folks who were tweeting for him, uh, he was amongst family, uh, he was in no pain, and he left uh, the world in the best possible circumstances, knowing he was very loved and very appreciated. While this was not shocking, nor was it surprising, it is still, for some of us, rather devastating. Um, excuse me just a moment. He's licking the inside of a coffee cup that had creamer in it at one point. Hi, everybody. This is Onyx. He's here to cause annoyance. <sighs> anyway. Why, why have you done this to me, Father? Uh, I have mentioned on more than one occasion how much of an influence uh, George was to me, how an amazing human being he was, and that's always been the consistent story uh, leading up to yes, uh, Friday night, uh, which was when George received his diagnosis, everyone, all they could ever say was, you know, not only is he an amazing artist, but he's an incredible person. And that never changed. Everyone kept sharing their amazing George stories. And, you know, my story about how George and, and, and his wife were incredibly gracious to me, some random comic book store owner, that's just how they were. I, I, at first I thought I was someone special, but then I realized, no, they're the special ones. George is a, was a living legend and will continue to be a legend through all time for his work in the comic book industry, but no one has anything negative to say about the man. It's true. I haven't heard anything negative. It, it's absolutely impossible. Right. And I think that, more than anything, will be his legacy, was, yes... This was an amazing artist, and yes, this was someone who would make time for the fans, and yes, this is someone who was just happy to have his name in print next to, you know, other luminaries, but he himself was just a wonderful human being, and that is really what makes me sad more than anything, is that the world lost a little bit of light. Uh, it is sad, although good news, uh, Frank Miller's still alive, uh, making his own company now. All right, Frank Miller, great. His own company? Yeah. Okay. Because, Do like a, uh, another comic book right, right, right. Because, shockingly, uh, no one wants to print his stuff anymore. So he's like, "Well, screw it. I'll make my I'll make my own comic book company with blackjack and hookers." 
I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Frank. I think it's called FMP, like Frank Miller Press. Um, we'll see if they produce any comics. You know, we're big fans of indie books here. Um, but he's trudging along. Other artists and, and industry luminaries who have... So, lots of bad things have been discovered about some of our favorite writers and artists. But it's... it's you got to remember, we're not highlighting the comic industry. There's There are trashy people everywhere. Everywhere, Yes. Everywhere, but this, this. But it's been quite some time for us here in yeah. the comic book industry. Yeah. To notice, like anything like that, we, or to, just to to see the reality of things. I right. think what it is is here we all live in a fantasy world, <laughs> <coughs> different kinds. <laughs> oh yes, I, and the next Doctor was announced. Thank you for the mentioning. Yes. yes, yes, that's a very good point. We did just see that right before we went on air. Uh, I can't see who who tagged me in that, but thank you for reminding me. Yes, we have our newest Doctor as well. That's a good way to end that segment. Let's talk about the 14th Doctor. I am so excited. Very exciting. Uh, we, we've had a female Doctor, and now we have an actual person of color who is a Doctor. And uh, his name, I will not butcher it. I just know him as the wonderful uh, Eric from um, Sex. Sex Education. Uh, I'll be very blunt. He is, uh, let's see, it was... Jesse, oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesse. Um, so, yes, uh, Eric from Sex Education, who, if I'm very honest, kind of steals the show. Like, the first couple of episodes, you sort of realize that you're there to see him more than anything else. His I, whole trip... I, it really, I, as you're saying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no. That episode where it was, like, focused on him. And he was in that other country. he was country. trying to, like, figure out yeah. like, about himself and how he feels, you know, he's, he's got... His boyfriend at home, right? And, 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 and he's, he's like he's kind of stuck between you two know, worlds. And, yeah, yeah he, he and he's still trying to find out. He's he's young, you know. Yeah. He's still trying to figure out what it is that makes him happy, and who's going to make him happy. And you know, and he did such a great job during you know, the whole series, really. But that you really got to see. So I read that he is, uh, he was born in Rwanda and grew up in, I want to say Scotland or part of the UK regardless, um, which is sort of evident if you watch such education, you hear an accent, like Americans, we hear the accent because our American accent is so different from the British accent, but we, I, for one specifically, you can hear, it's almost like a, a tonal, like there's, there's some sort of beautiful sing-songiness about the way he just naturally speaks because he, he has two very distinct accents that he speaks with. And to me, I mean, honestly, I just, I adore the sound of his voice. It is very, it is distinctly, you know, British and UK, but there's also that little twinge of something else in there that I didn't understand. And it, it, you see this a lot in people. Yeah, I was, well, I'm just going to say, like, you're, you're kind of leading into all this, but I, I don't know if you're about to make this connection, but how... It's kind of like when you are watching a commercial and they can talk you into anything. Yes, yes, and that's, yes. And you need somebody with a voice like that to yes. play the doctor. Yes. They talk you in. To anything. To anything. Yes. Do you want to get in this box with me? Don't you want to come flying around <laughs> the universe in all space and time? Oh, okay, I'll get in the box with you, stranger. Listen, listen, I watched... Small box. I watched a terrible Terminator movie. Uh, I'm going to watch Morbius, even though I know it's awful. I'm going to watch this prequel to uh, Lord of the Ring. I'm sorry, Game of Thrones, yeah. and I've watched uh, all of uh, uh, what's her name, Queen Elizabeth II show because Matt Smith is there, 
And I'm fairly certain that if Matt Smith needed to, he could talk me into giving up one of my lungs for him. I could. He, I, he doesn't even need it. He's just going to throw it on the ground. Yeah. And and for you, that would be Christian Eccleston, I assume. What? He could yeah. talk you into anything. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. We, I think it has a lot to do with who you started watching. Yes, at. who your doctor like, is, I yes. I think that's just you don't have any say in it, that's probably going to be your doctor. Because if you get past watching that particular doctor, that's what got you stuck. Yeah. If you've watched but long enough to where the doctor changes you, at we, any point, but you, we both you're started, already sucked in. We both started with, with Matt Smith. And then we went back and we watched the, the 9, 10, and 11. But no, we didn't. We only watched like an episode or two and then we went to the beginning. I don't regardless. think we watched that much. Regardless, saying, regardless. Like, if you watch like a whole season of one, that you know, at the very beginning, once you watch a full season, that that's your doctor. Okay. I, feel. I think that's the rule. Okay. Well, so we're excited ours, that there's a new doctor. Awesome. We're. Uh, I've already seen uh, some uh, some responses and creators on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, people uh, th- themselves, people of color, who are just over the moon. Uh, that they've been, you know, celebrating and watching Doctor Who for, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, and now they get to see some actual representation. And I understand, uh, you know, how important that is, obviously. But we, here at the Read Pile, it is free comic book day weekend. Mm -hmm. We also had our regular Read Piles. We have, um... Oh, you want sugar stack? Mine's not bad. I, 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 uh, took some free comic book day ones out. Yes. I was like, Yours isn't bad. And then you suck them up. <laughs> Yours isn't bad. Mine is horrendous. Mine's not bad at all. So, Mine's like a normal week. This is an average week. Are you, are, but is it a good, is it a week where you're actually going to give us reviews, or are you just going to verbatim read the entire plot back to us? I don't know. <laughs> hey, I do it how I do it. Please. If somebody's re- still watching it, that's their fault. Yeah. And <laughs> also... You could just be like, Lauren, I don't want to do this anymore. You're not doing it right. <laughs> no one's going to watch the show if it's just me. We've been over this. No one will watch the show if it's just me. In all of the universe, in all of space and time, every creator, every major name has been like, oh, I really appreciate when Elle reviews my books. This has been the case when Tom Taylor has said it. When Tom, Tom King responds to you. He doesn't respond to me. Uh, of course, Gail Simone and you are like best friends. <laughs> she would take me. <laughs> we, you know, people people watch the show okay. to watch you. Whatever. Anyway, so move on. <laughs> it's so cute. Look how adorable you get when you get complimented. I don't like being complimented. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to review your books? So, <laughs> no one's stopping you. Huh? Nobody's stopping you. Go to it. I, I, I would have been if you were done. What? <laughs> Sometimes it drags on for me. <laughs> Please forgive me. Uh, the, the, there was a temperature change, so my nose started uh, uh, exploding over the last two days. Uh, so I tried. <laughs> we the tried nebulizer. the nebulizer. Yeah, that was The cat fun. has chewed on <clears throat> the line. Yeah. Yes. Destroyed everything. No, it's not these cats, L. There's two. There's just two. Do you have them on film? Can you take it to the court? Nope, you can't. 
All right, get your repop. Uh, you're going to have to zoom in because we got the light behind us now. So this is Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Uh, this is tale three of four of the Shapeshifters line. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and this is from Amelia Salento. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's basically, it's another, um, it, it's, it continues with the anthology. Yeah, um, we figured out this was an anthology. Yeah, but it right? has, uh, you know, the consistent uh, storytelling this time around is shapeshifters. Right. Uh, so we are now at three of four. Um, it, they're, they're always short, you know, these little sections. I can't even remember. I've already said this before. They couldn't remember. and didn't even bother looking it up again. Uh, but there is another um, title to the last one. Yeah. Um, so this time around. Uh, I wasn't sure how I was going to like the shapeshifter, but so far I've absolutely loved it. This one is uh, basically about two uh, young individuals that find each other at a river. They both go there to find peace, but end up finding love, essentially. But their story is very Romeo and Juliet uh, kind of thing. Um, Does one shapeshift into a world? No, 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 not, not really more like them. I'm thinking of a different comic, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so their love, is, it, it, you know, they feel like they have to hide it. That's what it was. Ah. I'm sorry. Um, they they just kind of kept meeting at the river and eventually decided they want to get married. So they, they move on and you see their life continue with each other. Right. But everybody kind of is like, her family didn't come to the wedding. They never meet anybody whatsoever. So it's kind of weird. Right. But then we discover what the secret is about her. That she changes into a nine-tail fox. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's right there on the cover. I gathered, <laughs> but you can see that she changes into other things also. Oh, so, uh, and she's so scared she just takes off, and she leaves, um, and she just watches her husband and her daughter just grow uh, from afar. But she's she's never left them, and it's so beautiful how she changes to be there with them. Um, I don't know if you'll see. Oh, yeah, that's when they discovered her. Um, but she appears in ways like this, like where she becomes, oh. she becomes a tree uh, for them to sit under, and, and then she like changes you know, into a protector. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's very beautiful. Yeah. It's very touching, um, but it really does tell you, you know, about how. You're, a lot of people are afraid to show their true selves because they don't know how somebody's going to, yeah. you know, well, no, how they're just going to be portrayed. Right. Like they don't know how, you know, are they going to be accepted or not. And in, in this story, sadly, for most of her life, she kept herself away from those she loved because she didn't think she would be accepted. All she had to do is ask, but she couldn't even get there. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you this. It's not a horrific ending. Please read. <laughs> you will you will cry though. Oh. Yeah, it's it, it's hard not to because it, it's just like any typical love story you ever read. Um, you know how two two people that should be together aren't together for some stupid ass reason. Yeah, and I got just, you. Yeah. All right. Well, good. What you got next? So. Oh, it's. Oh, Dogs of London. Uh-huh. I've been waiting two days yeah. to say that. Oh, wow. 
So this is Peter Milligan, by the way, who I I, I read a lot of Peter Milligan books. Yeah. Um, this looks it's like aftershock. it's aftershock. This looks like it would be right up your alley, and that it appears to be very horror centric. Yes, there is a werewolf. A dog. A dog band. A dog man. Dog man. Something in, uh, covered in blood. Think, uh, to me, I'm thinking werewolf probably because this is London. Damn it. But. <laughs> Ow. But uh, yeah, covered in blood. I, I'll take it. Yes. Yes. I'll take it. Yes. But I don't want to continue it. Oh, no! So, but, but it's not that it's, it's just not, it's one of those that's just not for me. It had nothing to do with the writing. I knew mostly through it, no mention of a werewolf yeah. or any, like, actual dog person yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I became very frustrated about yes. it. But I was not disappointed in what I read. It's and just I, not what and you expected. I continued to finish it. Yeah, but it's not what you expected. It's but not it what wasn't you were what I was for. expecting, and I think that's what ruined it for me. No, I totally understand because but I was kind of let is left and look at the very end. All right. Well, I saw the cover of, of issue two I'm not as well because somebody might still need to read this. But I understand. I will say that you know it is open to interpretation. Yeah, I know. But at I, the same time, I, no, it could I, be you know what I'm I mean. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I'm yeah. with you 100. percent because I was really excited about this book for the exact same reason. And, of course, I love Peter Milligan. I've read a ton of his yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, so, and the artwork. The artwork's very... Yeah, and it's it. Aftershock, and they have the cool... And, so I went ahead and I read this while you were finishing up your, your read pile this morning. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed, too. Now, there are lots of hints that maybe we are going in that direction, but to your point, I'm yeah. right there with you. And as far as, like, how the story goes, this is the one I was thinking of in my head. So I apologize getting that little... Your head cannon. Okay, my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the one where it has like that uh, Romeo and Juliet kind of thing right. going on between the two mob families, but the two uh, younger individuals fall in love. It's uh, Frank Babs with Whoa. the two bees at the end. I guess it's Babs sure. and then Audrey Quinn, and their families are rivals. So you get that whole storyline they even they even kind of nod at it you know that yeah we know <laughs> this is the, this is the point that we're, we're doing this uh and so you you have that all going but at the same time you're learning a lot about this main character yeah that um uh, that is the narrator yeah for this this whole thing uh but we get to find a lot more about him and i think the the whole goal of this story is to find out what is going on in the very first page where they're digging somebody's grave. And it's not just like, oh, I killed another guy. Yeah. Like, they've got the fear of God in them. So, who is it? You know? And I, no, there's so still it's a, a really good, great story. I agree. I agree. And I, it's, I, it's, it's not, not what you were looking for. Yeah. No, I get it. So I get it. I might change my mind. By the time it comes... Issue two comes around. Not I'm not going to take off the sub <laughs> because I know a lot of other people are buying let, it, so I'm not going to be just. I, I won't. Let me. Let me jerk. But let me sell it to you. You ready? You ready? You ready to be sold? I, I know you'll be able to because I'm right on. The I listen. Listen. I'm ready to sell it to you. You ready to be sold? Okay. It's a four issue miniseries. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it <laughs> because you're going to get issue two. You're gonna, I am. You're gonna, ruining it i will tell you this because the cover issue yeah. two that's the thing is it's for these guys yeah but <laughs> you know? so it's like i don't think it's gonna ever get supernatural no i don't think it's ever gonna okay. get supernatural 
Because in the story, yes. you know, like we did over Glossus, they, they are referred to as the, the dogs. dogs. Yeah. So it's 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 a British gang friends, it's so. British gang wars. It's it's going to be a lot closer to Peaky Blinders than it would be to Werewolves of London. Or, or American Werewolf in London, pardon me. That was the, the movie I was going for there. But I totally empathize, I totally understand why you would pick this up and be like, oh my god, it's gonna be gory and deathy, and there's gonna Wait, be Oh, and where 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 the where, where the wolf boys? But four issue miniseries, I can get on board. I can get on board almost everything. Like I, I know the answers. It's not going to be dragged out nope. to find out who it is that's in the grave yep. or that's going to be in the grave. And you know, it's he, really he it, falls in love with one particular girl, and then it's really hard to yeah, say no to a four issue miniseries. You know, the timeline jumps. And uh, stuff. You, do, you do you do love your timeline. I jumps. do, I do, I do like that too. That the idea of kind of jumping around and learning about different parts of his life. You learn about his childhood and what probably got him into this job in the first place. You know, will he get revenge money? against his dad or, you know, for is the it, horrible is it things money? he's done. Does money get him into the job? Anyway, continue yeah. with your repo. What do you got next? So. This is, this is Quest Aside. Quest, mm-hmm. Quests Aside. Mm-hmm. Quests Aside. This is from Vault Comics has a very awesome, uh, like, fake wood cover. It's always sunny in the realms. Yeah. So is this is this? It's always sunny in Philadelphia, but set in the middle like ages with magic. Kinda. So what happens is they are. It is a bar. <laughs> Step one. And check. <laughs> it, it is run by a guy named Barrow, who is an ex adventure man. <laughs> So he has this bar, and the, they there they actually it, it looks like they they do help people get along with it on, onto the quests and stuff. They right, help them out. So they're the side quest. The bar is the side. It did it. Yeah. to them. Yes, that's side quests. Uh, so that's splendid. <laughs> that's splendid. I know it's, it gets better. <laughs> uh, but it turns out that the king. Uh, decided he wants to have his bar for barracks. So he's like, My boys you know, are you don't have a choice. Yeah. I'm the fucking king. I, I'm going to take what I want. But then bar- and then bar- I was like, I know some shit you did. Yeah. You know? I, and so he's like thinking about it. He's like, he's, he, he's doing this to me. And, you know, he, he, he refers to like secrets that he knows about this guy. So you know there's like so much deeper of a story to go with all of that, right? But at the same time, you get these like hilarious little like <laughs> introductions to the character, like the people uh, or individuals that uh, frequent the bar. Yeah, no, that actually work there. Okay. So these are the staff members, so it makes it even funnier. So okay, wait, check. <laughs> wait, wait. One of the main characters is a guy who's literally a rat boy. This is this is it's always sunny in Philadelphia, only set in a bar. Uh, I'm sorry, set in, in a in a video game or. A, I'm trying to make the points for you. Yes. That is that is very obvious. And it's great. Uh, the characters we have. Uh, she's an ex princess. Uh, then we have. <laughs> How are you an ex princess? I'm sure we'll get that story. <laughs> and talk about it in this issue. I will say that. So. Uh, Do they refer to her as a big stupid bird? A magician or or mage, uh, whatever you want to say, Uh, and then an actual skeleton. Uh, He, uh, yeah, you get 
get a lot of crazy stuff in here. Uh, but I really, I, I just, I, I love the idea of all those little, these little jokes yes. that are in here. It, it's, it's great. It really is. Um, you do get, uh, a little bit of a week ending in this first issue. Yeah. Deal. Um, here, let me see. Go ahead. It, it is and it isn't. Okay. Because you see how he's got his own secret. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. He... So they're blackmailing each other? No, this isn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to, I don't, I I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, I the ending, I, you know, maybe I'm just overdoing it. It's not really weak. It, it, but it was, it was kind of an ending that I was kind of getting at one point because he was already talking to somebody that wasn't in the room. Okay, I'll leave it at that. All right. <laughs> I'm definitely going to read this. Not, not your, not your not pick of the week. Not my pick of the week. It was up there, though, I assume. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, all my books were really good this week. But Fair I enough. Think so. so this is your free comic book day this book? This is the free comic book day. Uh, free comic, comic book, book day, day book. book. Yes. This is Max, Max Meow, Cat on the Street, Comic Spectacular. Now, Max Meow has been around for some time, but you just found out about Max. I did, and I like reading kids' ones sometimes. It's nice. That, it's a palate it, cleanser. It's cute, especially yeah. if it's like being Puppy Cat or uh, you know anything with a cat. Uh, <laughs> actual cat. Uh, and then it's just... Um, I don't know. It, it's very lighthearted. It's not like I read the entire series, but when it comes to free comic book day, I'm cool with it. It's always nice to have one of these on your stack, too. Yeah, and I will say this. If you like puns and you have kids, this is perfect. Uh, especially... It's perfect. Kids. Did you do that intentionally? It just came out. Now it's natural. <laughs> <laughs> I do it at work all the time. That's why. Um... <laughs> Oh my god, you can learn to draw yeah. your own Max. That's yes, cute. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, basically, uh, here here are some great things. I'm just gonna, I'm not, there's no point in getting into the story. Right, it's uh, just But a fun. I will tell you, it, it, it is lighthearted enough if you wanted to read it to your kid, uh, you know, before bedtime, you yeah. could. Um, and I, I would think that you would feel pretty safe with them just reading it on their own if they're capable of reading it at this point. I don't know the actual ages. I don't want kids. I don't keep track of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, I think it's worth checking out, especially if you can get at least this issue at your comic shop. They may still have it, even though for comic book days, usually on a Saturday yeah. or this Saturday, sometimes depending on their shipment, maybe next Saturday. Uh, but uh, there is a whole world, like you were saying, of this series. Uh, but here is uh, some of the great things that I can call out to you that will at least get your attention. Uh, getting your superpowers from a space uh, space meatball. Yes. Uh, so you got that. Superheroes are uh, pretty much animals. Okay. Uh, if you have a cat, you see it right there on the cover. Um, or it's a person dressed as a cat. <laughs> I see. Uh, you have a place called Kittyopolis. Yes, yes. Kittyopolis, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there is an individual that goes by the name of Chef Rammy. Could you could you think of maybe what animal that is? Chef Rammy. <laughs> I'm going to say a mouse. Oh, how did you know? Well, I've seen the movie. <laughs> 
Uh, and then there's another character that I just absolutely love. It is Great Auntie Arctica. <laughs> is she a penguin? She is. Of course! <laughs> so, very cute, adorable. I think it's at least looked into, you know, not necessarily if you're my older, eyes, but if you eyes have actually kids, hurt a lot of that. people my age have kids, so... Well, yeah. before before then, we do very much. We have both both of us have read children's young adult yeah. books, and we've loved them. What I a, just what don't a, know if I could read a whole. No, no, no. They're, line like of I said, they're palate yeah. they're palate like cleansers. Being puppy, being puppy cat, cat was fun. Like, it was, but it was a help short us, series. Yeah, help us great, uh, help us great like, warrior. Yeah, that's yeah, another, another one. one. Um, of course, I you know we we both adored uh, Rainbow Bridge, which is technically a children's book or a young adult book. So. Good, uh, you know, I've always said this, and I, when I was running my own comic book store, me and my buddies who were in the store together, we would always say the same thing. Good stories sell. It doesn't matter what they're about or who's, you know, if it's a good book, you don't really need to market it. It's going to sell. Now, Elder Strange. It is time for the single most obvious pick of the week in the history of our entire show. Oh, even sure it debuted this week. No, it did. Okay. Because they doing, they've been, they have not skipped a week. All right. On this this timeline. Okay. 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 Ready. 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 This is Nubia. This is the coronation special. This, of course, feeding directly after the um, trial of the Amazons. There was an ad for this issue and last issue's trial of the Amazons, which amazingly also was Elle's pick of the week. <laughs> All right. There's a tab. You made a tab. I did. Now, I'm going to get through this, and you're not going to interrupt me. <laughs> I have a lot to say. I will busy myself with my crowbar. <laughs> Please don't do that, because now you're just distracting me. <laughs> so, in now the, the, to start off, in Nubia, real one, uh, spoiler, but it's been out for a while. I finally read it. Yes, I know. But it didn't last 24 hours, because it was that great. I had to sleep in between. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, in that uh, trade, we learn the origin of Nubia, um, her character, and how she, like, basically, um, where she comes from, and we find out that she's actually a twin sister of Wonder Woman. It's an amazing story, okay. an amazing concept. I love the idea of it, um, and totally open to accepting it. <laughs> uh, but here, in this particular series, it's been mentioned even before in Wonder Girl um, with Nubia. Uh, we learn of her, we, we talk about her origin, um, but we find out more of the details of it. We find out who she was and what she was in her past life uh, and how she died and by what man's hands. Uh, and and then how she and, this, and we already knew that she came through the well. The well. Of, this of, is because of the well. Souls. Gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. So we get to see where she is, has risen from. I understand. Souls at that point. So we're we're getting a little bit more of that background story of her, uh, and how she came to be um, on the mascara, becoming an Amazon. Um, so you know, it was pretty cool just alone there to see but in this issue we get to see who uh who she was like i said uh how she died 
we see how uh, she becomes the Amazon Nubia finds a friend in man's world. Uh, and I will just give you a little hint as to, um, I'll read a little bit of this for you and you tell me, okay? Uh, he said that my chosen form and even a woman. John Jones? Yeah, there we go. That's all I had to do. I didn't even have to read the whole bubble. But I just thought it was great because it was that connection between her and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, look, I know, I know her. He's like, okay. I, I know who Diana is. You don't got to explain yourself to me. <laughs> I know Hi, I know I'm a Martian. Sounds. How are you? Hi. But what's really sad is during this, uh, this whole time that they're talking to each other, they're talking about racism. And yeah. it's, it's very heavy. I'm so glad that they, they brought it up, though, and to talk about it. And, and well, it was, you're going to have to lean into it when the cover, of the, the, you know, when you're... But what's really sad is that he's explaining to her that she's going to have to work harder than Wonder Woman. Right, which is, well, that is, that is quite the accurate statement now, isn't it? That, that you're, you're going to have to even be more, you're going yeah. to have to be more wonderful than Wonder Woman because... Because he, he, he's especially, telling her, he's like, she showed up, and there's a lot of people that already don't like her just because she's a woman. Right. He's like, you're a woman, but she... <laughs> and, and, and now you have so much more against you, too, and you're new, uh, and so it's just, it's very heavy. Fair enough. Um, and you're... you're getting all these kind of like these different timelines kind of like in some of the other stuff that I've read this week but you get her past like I said you get uh, the present uh, at the coronation uh, and then you also kind of get that in between where she uh, has already become an Amazon she's in man's world there to help just like uh, Wonder Woman is and, and she's realizing how messed up man's world is and it's just... You know, I, I hear it's a man's world, and there's nothing a woman Well, I'm, I'm just... That's how they refer to it. I, I know. You know, they... It's how... Because to them, anything outside of Hemisphere is well, man's world, can essentially. I, can I ask you, Earth. what made this your pick of the week? I think what it was, is it was because it was so heavy, and you got so much without being... Felt... Being... Without that feeling of being overloaded. Gotcha. Uh, it was... I got a little worried about when I got to the end, though, and I saw, like, continue, because I accidentally, my last page got stuck, and then I saw the, the thing at the bottom, but I didn't read it all, and yeah. I was like, oh, and I went back. <laughs> uh, so, I, by the end of that last, like, the second to last page, I was like, this isn't a one-shot. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and, Well, this particular is. issue is but a one-shot. It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is. So technically, this is the uh, a continuation of the trial of the, the Amazons, Amazon, right. but it's not part of that main story. This is what they refer to as, and they put it on here. The, the aftermath. So this is the epilogue. So this is kind of yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A little wrap up. Uh, but now they're telling you that at the end, um, which I'm sure everybody already knows. I'm just freaking late to the you know, game all the time. Um, Oh, I'm going to show you these. It'll be my last part. Uh, Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, number one. I don't know when it comes out, though. I usually look two weeks ahead on my comic book list, and I didn't see it, so... They might have kept the solicitations back, knowing that it's going to be Nubia issue one, and they exactly. wouldn't have to worry about, you know, pushing it. 
Yeah. It's not going to take a lot to sell that book. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm guessing, you know, since this was released on Wednesday, this is Sunday, it's already on the internet anyway. Right. So. Uh, so you want to show me the pinups? So the pinups are really beautiful. I am going to show you this because even with you seeing this without buying it, you're going to want it <laughs> because you're going to want to have it. Uh, we do get the artwork. Um, oh, I, the biggest part, the biggest part. This is really why I like this. Each storyline, the time that they go to, is a different artist. Oh, that's cool. Uh, or maybe it's not. I mean, I no, know there's probably, multiple artists. Yeah. I don't know if any of them repeat any of the, the no, timelines or whatever, but it's drawn differently, yeah. at least, for each one. And I it, that blew my mind when I finally caught on to that. But that is where I believe we're getting these beautiful pinups. Oh, yeah. And then I'll turn the page. I, uh, I will say this, I do not have a favorite. Yep, that's it. Right. Uh, because I love all of them. I think if there was a statue of all of these, I would take all of them. Please no. As long as you're not paying separate for the lion. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. Alright. Uh, I'm good. I'm going to save this over here. Thank you, Elvis Strange. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I will start off by saying that my read pile is substantial. I am going to start with my free comic book day books and go into my actual pile therein. So let's get to it. Starting, of course, with Bunny Mask Tales. Oh, Jesus. Oh, stop eating the plastic. Stop it. It's tape. I like tape. I like to eat I like to eat the tape. Ugh. You know what's really messed up is we had a cat that used to lick pictures. Do you yeah, remember? I do. You remember that? I do. Yeah, Onyx likes to eat tape. He likes the glue. He's the kid who wants to eat the glue. You like paste? Thank you, Ruby. Anyway, Bunny Mask Tales. Uh, so this is really cool. Because this is two, I think it's two tails. It might be three. Hang on. It's technically two, and then there's like there's a preview of the hollow inside, which is the next volume of Bunny Mask. But it's two brand new Bunny Mask stories uh, that are one is drawn by uh, Andrea, who we love, and they are both, I believe, <laughs> written by Paul Tobin. But this is great uh, if you're a Bunny Mask fan. This is a must get. This was absolutely the number one thing I had to get. Uh, on my uh, read pile this week from Free Comic Book Day, I had to have this because it continues the story. Oh man, yeah. yeah without this, you know, I, I like a month ago. Yeah, it would be. It oh man, it would have been incomplete. <laughs> also, big ups to my comic book store for not putting their name on this particular issue because they filed it in my box, and that's something I always appreciate. Is I don't want a ruined copy of this. Now, I will say this: most Free Comic Book Day books, in fact. We'll go with 99% of them aren't worth anything because they're free. However, in the one in a million chance that a book becomes important and a major character debuts in a free comic book day book, you want to get one that's not, you know, doesn't have any like writing on it. So my first appearance of Umbrella Academy was a free comic book day book that I just randomly picked up, for instance, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have the logo on it. So I was really happy about that. As far as the, as far as the story is concerned, there is sickness. There's lots of sickness, but more importantly, it's Paul Tobin, and he, he does cat stuff. So the very beginning of this, the very the, 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 the more proper-looking version is Bunny Mask shows up, and she talks to Taylor, and she's explaining to him about how cats will bring mice or birds to their owners as a show of affection. Yeah. But she's explaining it's not just a show of affection. It's also some people believe that cats think that we're bad hunters, so they have to hunt for us. So that's what she's explaining to him. And so she brings him a whole mess of dead bodies. She's like, you're going to have to learn how to be a better otter, sweetie. 
So I guess... Onyx! He knows when he's being bad, because Rick will say his name, and he does this thing, he goes... No, it's not even a meow, it's just a... Uh, anyway, I really, really, really dug uh, Bunny Mass Tales. It's not hard to believe, but again, not, not terribly difficult. Now, uh, continuing with our friend Andrea Muti, he also did Nottingham. This is from Bad Cave Comics. He was the artist here. And this was something that we just picked up because, well, you liked the cover. You didn't know what it was. Yeah, I... You picked it up off the table and you said, hey, wouldn't this be yeah. neat? And I said, sure, and I love Andrea's art, so I'll read it. I don't care. I'm a big fan. There's also a preview back here in an upcoming book called A Legacy of Violence. Oh, man, I want that. <laughs> which looks like something I'm going to want to pick up anyway. Um, this was a one-shot story. I don't know if it was ever printed before, but it is uh, a self-contained story, which I think is awesome when comic book companies do self-contained stories inside of free comic book day books. It really makes yeah. it worth your time. Uh, but apparently Nottingham has existed for a long time. Uh, there are a couple of volumes of it, or at least one volume of it, Death and yeah. Taxes. So I'm guessing like this was part of that. Yeah. Or okay. it was... It was I a, think that's a good idea when it's a story that's been going on for a while, even if it's not, even if it wasn't a, an outside story, kind of like how Bunny Mask was for right, you. Right, right. Uh, it, like an additional, like, you know, hey, surprise for you, and it's free. Uh, but it still could get you caught in a series. Like, yes. Let's say you, you read this, and they made sure, they said, you know what? We really want to make sure that we talk to those that haven't started reading the series yet. So we're going to give them a full story. Well, you putting know? Andrea's art out there is, of course, going well, to that, get my yeah, attention. That just, that yeah, just I'm go- obvious. <laughs> he's, he's, he's up there. Like, we, we've, got, we've got our good friend, of course, Darren. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Derek Robertson. Uh, Derek Robertson, pardon me. He's one of the pillar artists. Yeah. Andrea's getting really close to being a pillar artist, too, because we, for better or for worse, collect, like, everything that he's in. That he draws, rather? Yeah. It's getting up there. I'm just saying. It's getting up there. Um, Now, to your point, this book damn near got me to buy an entire series of books. It's okay. Very close. So this is Black Caravan, Issue Zero, The Electric Black, from Scout Comics. Uh, Scout Comics does uh, Black Caravan. I really liked this, and then I was really annoyed by it. I'll explain. This is a very cool sort of good versus evil uh, wizards and warlocks, or, you know, demons, uh, and, and, uh, angels and God, and it's a very sort of Sons of Anarchy style version of it, where it's very nitty, very gritty, but there's still lots of mayhem and magic, and then there's a rebirth of the, uh, 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 mother of all demons, Lilith, which is nice. Here's the problem. Okay. There are already two volumes of this series. The Electric Black Volume 1 and The Electric Black Volume 2. The Electric Black itself is a bar that sort of appears out of nowhere. And then White Lodge is the the yang to the yin of Electric Black. So you've got the underworld, the, the Electric Black, which is... You know you know how like when John uh, Constantine can call the House of Mystery and it just sort of shows up? That's the Electric Black. Okay. And then you've got God and his angels that all hang out at the White Lodge. So you've got the light versus the dark, up stuff. I wanted this to be the very first issue of a new ongoing series so I could collect it. I'm sure, but very rarely does it happen. I know. It's it's usually going to be either um, a chunk out of something that's already been 
Yes. Printed? Yes. So a chunk out of a, like a, a pretty already existing story, trade or something. Uh, or it could even be just a reprint of a whole issue yes. that already exists. Not necessarily just like... You're absolutely right. Like a few pages. You're absolutely right, and but... Then, I was still disappointed. I was disappointed because I remember when Free Comic Book Day books was just previews of upcoming stories. Oh, they had like those upcoming ones. Right, right, right. Now, I don't necessarily say that that's better. I'm not saying either direction is better. I could, in many ways, this might even be better because now that I know I really like this and I like the art and I like the story, I could just go buy the two volumes of it and call it a day. Also, The Children of Cain uh, could be the title of this particular volume. Maybe I could go to the comic book store and be like, hey, I want the electric back, uh, black, the children of Cain, uh, issue one. Make sure that's on my read pile. And then like you did with Faithless and like you did with, uh, what was that other Cullen Bunn book uh, with the witches, with the fire magic? You just got it. Black Black Banner. Black Banner, yes, yeah. yes. Um, I'm like... So there's no reason why I can't, but the nerd brain in me looked at this and like, this was so good. Wait a minute, there's already two volumes. I don't want it anymore. I can't explain why I do that. I'm not going to tell you that I'm right. I'm going to admit that in this circumstance, I'm probably wrong. However, I did like this very much. Are you ready? Are you ready for my well, actual... Now we're doing a read this pile. is the actual read pile. <laughs> Wait, can you show me how much is in, in the actual read pile? Now that we've gone through all those free comic books. Uh, there's seven books. There's seven more. There's seven books. I see. We'll start with the easiest one to review, and that is Twig. Yeah, there you go. That is Twig, issue one. Uh, this is from Image Comics by Scotty Young uh, and uh, Kyle Stram. Uh, this is gorgeous, uh, and it is a fun story that is also dark and evil. So, quintessential Scotty Young right here. Really? And you told me a bit of good news. I did. That I did not even know about. Yes, it's yes. It's probably all over the internet, and I just didn't even see it yet. And it's fall. Yeah. So... That's obviously a birthday present for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Scotty Young clearly bringing back I Hate Fairyland just in time for your birthday. You know what? When I, re when I review... You're going to finally issue, do your Gertrude cosplay? I'm going to do my Gertrude. You're going to finally Gertrude. do the Gertrude cosplay? I'm going to do it. Oh, we can hope. Anyway, Twig is very, very, very much in line with lots of Scotty Young flavored books. It's about this uh, young man named Twig who wakes up. He's already late. He's got a weird looking... Um, we'll say slug friend, who's known as Splat. Uh, they go, he's got a job to do, he's got to get up early, he's got to get to go find uh, a giant living mountain by the name of Mount Goofin. Um, and Mount Goofin, inside of Mount Goofin, they are mining out parts of him. Uh, and it's a very symbiotic relationship. What? His mouth looks so natural. Like, well, it looks like part of a mountain. Yeah. The stone. So he goes inside Mount Goofin, and he travels to the belly of Mount Goofin, and inside the belly of Mount Goofin, he meets a bunch of miners that they're excavating things that they find inside Mount Goofin. As I would, yeah. And they find this very shiny MacGuffin object. They give it to Twig, and he's like, yeah, this is my dad's job. I wanted to be a cook, but my dad suddenly died. They don't mention why he died. They just mention that he uh, did. Okay. So he's, now, he's, he's the only other person in town who could do what his dad did, and his dad apparently was like a tracker. So he's got to go. Uh, he's got to go find uh, the cartographer. Um, the cartographer is going to tell him what to do with this weird gem. He's just got to go find him. Now there is a really amazing sequence that happens in between, 
where we actually get an opportunity to listen to Twig explain why he loves cooking. And Splat asks him just straightforward, why do you enjoy cooking so much? And Twig says, hmm, it's hard to say. I think I like that it's something I can do by myself. Each recipe is a mysterious puzzle that needs to be solved. Too much spice or too little, and the pieces won't fit together. Too much or too little heat, it's burnt up or undercooked. It's exact, yet each time can be different and still work. It makes sense and it doesn't, which makes sense to me, if that makes sense. <laughs> I will tell you this. On any other given week, this is easily my pick of the week. Yeah. It is unquestionably one of the better books out there right now. I said it about Little Monsters, I'm going to say it about Twig. Go fucking buy a copy. I'll wait. I, I mean... Scotty Young's great. His art is amazing, and his writing is incredible. We've, we, we love our artists. We love our writers. Every now and again, we get really lucky, and there's a creator-owned book where it's both, like, Jacques is doing uh, Batman One Dark Knight, which has been incredible, and um, uh, Maria Lovett's uh, self-published uh, book, not self-published, I'm sorry, uh, creator-owned books. Now we've got a Scotty Young who is now mostly just involved in writing. We haven't seen his art in some time, right? This is incredible. This is really good. It's and and I'm gonna just show Elle the last page here just to watch her freak out. So remember, they're on the trail of this one guy. He won't answer the door, and there's a reason why he won't answer the door. And just look at look at the art of what's happening in here. Look at all the art going on. Twig. It is the first book I reviewed for a reason. It's not my pick of the week, but that's because my pick of the week is unfair. But that's okay. We'll get there when we get there. Moving on. The final issue of Human Remains. Thank you. Thank you that it's the last issue? No, thank you for the story. story. <laughs> thank you. So as we, as we expected, as we suspected in the first couple of issues of Human Remains, this was Peter Milligan looking around at uh, the world of COVID and writing a story in response to people's reactions. This is the last issue. This is the final part of the story where we address the fact that humanity will never be the same again because these giant crazy monsters show up and rip everybody apart. Um, a priest decides to have a big open air uh, 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 prayer session like he's been building to, and secretly he's been in love with these creatures because every time they show up and murder somebody, he you know gets to reinstill everyone's faith and they come to his church and they give him money. And yeah, like you're, well, but you're still alive. You're still alive because God, look, God, you know. Well, you did it. <laughs> so what happens is, and at some point, I will admit, it does get a little heavy-handed, but I'm okay with it. So at this open-air festival, everyone's enjoying themselves. And <laughs> it's America. So one of the vendors is trying to sell donuts. And a guy, I won't say who or what he is, but... He's wearing a American flag shirt that says, These Colors Reload. He's got a red cap on. We don't see the front of the red cap. But he gets into an argument with the donut vendor. And he says, A donut ain't a donut without a hole. And the vendor says, Look, it's all the same ingredients, brother. Now move along. There's a line behind you. He goes, A donut has a hole! <laughs> there are many types of donuts. Of, of wholeness donuts, a Berliner for exactly. And this other, and then now the guy's wife comes up to him and says, Jeb, are you going to let him talk to you like that? And he pulls 
pulls out a gun and shoots the guy and he says, Goddamn intellectuals. <laughs> that is very heavy handed. That is very heavy handed. But, mwah! Oh, it's delicious. I see something happen though. Yeah, well, he pulls out and shoots the guy and this creates a panic. And in the panic, the monsters show up and kill everybody. It's almost like they shouldn't have been gathered in an open-air event when there's this raging monster amongst all of us. But what happens? Our hero, she takes her uh, medicine, which are the, the mushrooms that she discovered, is able to put these crazy monsters at bay. She takes them, she walks out into the field where all the people are dying, and because she's, let's say, inoculated against these monsters, she doesn't die. She actually is able to hold them, and she sends them away, and she lives. And now everyone realizes, oh my god, all I gotta do is eat these mushrooms, and I'll be inoculated, and then I won't die. But, as is always the case, some people don't take the mushrooms, or some people don't take the medicine, and then there's a, a drive, no fungus here, no drug fiend bill, mom's against fungus. If you're angry... If you're frustrated, if you're mad about the pandemic and how it was handled in this country, or maybe any country for that matter, outside of New Zealand, pick up Human Remains, get the catharsis that you want. This book made me feel like I could finally move forward in the next phase of this stupid pandemic. It's not over. Don't think it is. We've both been boosted. We've got to wait for our fourth shots to come up. But we'll get a fourth shot, we'll get a fifth shot, we'll get a tenth shot if we have to, because I don't want to fucking die. But man, Human Remains, thank you. Thank you for getting all of that out. It made me feel good. And now for something completely different. Mm -hmm. Task Force Z! Task Force Z is the most fun I've had reading a comic... Hang on. Yeah. The most fun reading a comic about a crowbar-wielding hero at some time. I love Task Force Z because it is the darkest, darkest humor available. If you don't know what Task Force Z is... It is a group of dead heroes and villains being led by Jason Todd because they've been resurrected using a serum created from Resurrection Man's body. And so a lot of dead heroes and villains are now being brought back to life as zombies, very literally, hence the Z in Task Force Z. But it's also an incredibly dark comedy. Dr. Bloom uh, is one of the main characters, and he is trying to figure out how to better resurrect people. So he resurrects Man-Bat as a baby. <laughs> Yes, and, and uh, also, how 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 otherwise do they do it? Well, they just resurrect them straight up. So oh, he's okay. he's trying to perfect another process. Oh, so he's so like, is his body too far gone? Or right, something? exactly. So he's rebuilding him a new body. So they they ran out of the recently dead. Right. <laughs> so no. so and it, it, now Jason Todd gets to kill people without re, you know rep, repercussions because he's just going to resurrect them, or so he believes. So he kills Zaz. And hey, if you're gonna murder somebody, murder the rapist. I'm down with that. Right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, uh, Dr. Freeze finds out about the resin, and then he finds out that if you take enough of the resin, you can just resurrect yourself and be alive again. So Dr. Freeze is like, aces. And he just takes all the resin and leaves. There's so much. I'd be stupid not to. There's, there's so much of that level of humor in this book. Like, 
Well, why the fuck wouldn't I just take all the resin then? See the freeze gun? <laughs> I, 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 I'm Mr. Freeze. Okay? I, <laughs> At one point, Bane, is, his body is literally falling apart because he's been resurrected too many times. So they're getting ready to go to battle, and his arm just literally falls off. It's kind of embarrassing, too. You're like, I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> Does someone have a staple gun? Bane goes and visits Solomon Grundy, and Grundy's like, Ah, Grundy won't be alone! And Bane's like, Listen, buddy, I'm a zombie. You're a zombie. We can be friends. And Grundy's like, Friend? Do you know these zombie friends? That's, that, that's, tell me that doesn't sound like a great book. Like, instead of super friends, it's zombie, zombie friends! friends. Uh, Great. They could do like, um, like one of those reality shows where they're all in a house together. And that's basically what Task Force Z is. Oh, it's like all these zombies have to live together in this facility. Like real world style. Yeah, that, it's that's what it is. Arkham Knight, she occasionally gets resurrected, and like she isn't so great with the with the brain no more because she's been resurrected too many times. Sludge now. <laughs> So it's there, there used to be some gelatin in there. Now it's, just it's all pudding. It's all it's all just complete yeah, pudding. It's it's not just pudding. It's, it's pudding with um, almond milk. It, I was gonna say it's, it's, that's good, but it's pudding that's been left out in room temperature. So it's just you try to pick it up with your spoon and it just dribbles. Like there's you might get some chunks of yeah exactly. You got to you got to stir it back up and maybe oh there's there's oh it's like you have a dumpling in there. Like, oh. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, with someone else who was recently resurrected, and whom I love, and the 90s is back. Ben Riley Spider-Man, issue 4, what I'm assuming is of 5? Because the Humanity Agenda, this is part 4 of 5. I mentioned this in part 3. I'm really loving this. I have no earthly idea how long this book can conceivably go, however. But it says 4 of 5, or is it just the story That's arc? the story arc. Okay. I don't really okay. know what the plan is for Ben Riley after this. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Ben Riley. He has the best Spider-Man suit of all time. I will I will happily die on that hill. Uh, we get a full confrontation between him and Spider-Side, where Spider-Side basically tells him, you know, you're my family, you're my brother, I can mutate my body into many different forms, I can be anything you want me to be, I can be Mary Jane, I can be whoever you want, because I can make your life perfect. And Ben's like, I, I, he doesn't fight his brother. He, his brother isn't, Spider-Side's another clone. Yeah, I remember that yeah. from the last one. He actually goes really, really, really psychological. And he's like, listen, man, you're not just doing... Like, why are you doing this? Why are you a villain? Like, what is the reason of your villainy? You're trying to, like, make my life miserable, too? Like, um. I love that. I love that J.M.D. Mateus is actually taking characters and, you know, instead of just being, oh, I'm villainous, it, it's, it's good pro wrestling. Like, the best villains don't think they're being villainous, right? Exactly. They... They are doing what they believe is, is the right. right thing. So, so uh, P, uh, uh, Ben Riley asks his brother Spider Side, "Like, why are you doing this? Why? What is your motivation? Why are you so evil?" And it's one of those things where he explains that it has nothing to do with you. I'm just trying to prove a point or some bullshit. And Ben calls him out on it. I love that about this character, and I want more of that. If you can give me more of Ben Riley without ha like. Like, going all the way back to Doctor Who, right? Okay. Some of the coolest shit about Doctor Who is that he's never lifted a gun, he doesn't get into firefights with people, he talks them down, right? 
He uses his mind to get out of bad situations. And that's what Ben Riley Spider-Man in this version of him is doing. And I love it. I just question how long the story can continue. I think, here's the thing. So they are clearly telling you the story, the story arc ends and then the yeah. next issue. Yeah, and the next issue is going to be the big... What's really going to tell you is the end of that one, if you want to continue or not. Because is it going to hook you enough to get you to, to read the next one? And then are you more of a person like that hook needs to happen before the last page? I don't know. That's a good point. That's because good point. it's one thing to have like, oh, something really big happen on the very last page and that you turn to. You're, you're or, referring to your, or, or your you, hatred of outcast again. This, this overlapping, ongoing story that's already building within the last issue for the next story arc. So in the last issue... I, think, I feel like there's a difference between that, you know? And, it, and it depends on what you're willing to, to go with. In the last issue, we're going to have Ben Riley versus basically every... Uh, villain that's been locked up because uh, Spider Side yeah, unleashes them. Show you there. Yeah, and then you can see the cover of issue five, mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, which looks great. There is something I'm going to I'm going to expound upon here. There's an ad at the end here for New Fantastic Four number one. I'm going to try and show you guys this without ruining the comic forever. But if you guys remember, the New Fantastic Four was a mid '90s insanity thing that happened, where uh, Ghost Rider, uh, Spider Man, Wolverine, and Hulk all became the Fantastic Four for a bit. Hmm. Well, it's back. And the cover that they're doing here is an homage to those 90s comics. It even says the world's most extreme comics magazine, which was all part of Marvel 90s. Ben Riley is part of Marvel 90s with the Clone Saga. I'm going to let you guys in on a little bit of a secret. Uh, I turned 40 recently, and I feel like these books are really nostalgia-dragging me. And they're like, hey... Hey, remember when, you know, it was the 90s? Didn't you like... I'm going to let you guys in on a secondary secret. Most of the comics from the 90s are trash. They are gorbage. And I don't mean the writing is bad and the art is bad. Sometimes the writing was bad, sometimes the art was bad. I mean, they were literally printed on newsprint in terrible shape. The books are not holding up well. I have books from the 90s in my collection that I have to I constantly have to re-sleeve because they're getting stuck to the fucking cardboard. I don't want to go back to the 90s. I don't want to see all new, all extreme Fantastic Four with the Hulk, Ghost, Wolverine, and, and, and Spider-Man. Maybe I'm in the minority. But I feel like they're trying to drag 40-year-olds more into comics again. Like, we're, hey guys, come hey back. guys, come on, come on! Like, we've always been here. We never left. We never left. Like, you guys should really be highlighting, like, Kamala Khan and the next generation of kids. Like, go after the young reader. Don't worry about well, me. They Maybe are. the young readers are interested in that. I don't know. They are. But they're also probably trying to, you know, do that that crossover where, you know, either they do or don't need the parents to come back, but they, they got your kid. <laughs> uh, I suppose. You know, like, hey, you know, because even if, let's say, the parent doesn't read it, necessarily maybe at least their kid does if their kid reads it they're like hey yeah i got a new one. Oh, it's really cool and they tell them about it and then the parents like well let me tell you about my version yeah you know? and then and then like now i want to watch like read yours so then they end up like you know i can see that talking about it and i it, it <laughs> i don't know it becomes like a, a, something that you can share with your kids you know maybe like, i i tell you about how it was way back at way back way way back <laughs> Into the four times. In the before four. <laughs> the before four. But I, 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 
I can't really get too mad about it. Now, if I was a super collector, though, and was like, are you telling me I have to get it? <laughs> then whatever. But this one doesn't hit me directly. No. So I think it, it's more of a feel for you. It is. I, like, I'm in my you, feelings here. Like, do you want to add to that collection? Were you a big? No. Then it no. shouldn't matter. Eh, you're right. It just makes me, it makes me go, it makes me cringe. It makes me concerned. Because I want books that aren't pointed at 40-year-olds. I want books that are pointed at 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds. Because those are the kids that are going to keep the, the hobby alive. Yeah. So you're concerned more of like how the story is being written. Is it being written for older... Yeah. You know, I like, want... The, I, I, like how yeah. the words are being told. I want, Not necessarily just the fact that they're releasing it, but in like detail. Like is it is it written at a level for young readers, or is it written at a level for... I don't know if oh. written. I don't know. I don't know if that's the exact, but I want it to be directed towards younger readers. I don't want all new extreme X Men or, or Fantastic Four in this case specifically to try and drag people like me back into comics because, like you said, we we never left. That said, this really got off pace. I do like Ben Riley Spider Man a whole lot. I do recommend it, uh, and and I did want to show the last page uh, just because again, this Ben, ben Riley has the best costume of any Spider Man. So fucking cool. Alright. Now, the next three books have been my pick of the weeks in the past. They all could have been my pick of the weeks this week as well. You know the pick of the week because you have to. Um, We will start... uh, Yeah, okay. We'll start with Little Monsters from Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Issue 1, Issue 2, this is now Issue 3. We are now learning more about the world in which the vampire children live in what happened to them there was a second pandemic then the world ended if the world hasn't ended that's why there aren't any people around we learn more about uh the kids find a person an actual living man and they eat him which is a big deal because that's the first iteration of color for all intents and purposes that we've seen in the book and it's the blood around their mouths but then that's all we get from the issue these issues move so quickly and are so good but it feels like i'm just I, I'm just you're just you're just not giving me it. Give me more. Give me more. I want more. Because there's not a lot of speaking. Right. It it's just like Maria. It is just like Maria. It, Love it. It's the same kind of thing where it's such a great story, and because there's not a lot of words told, you just you kind of feel like I can take so much more. It's like it's like what stops you in wanting to read more is how much you had to read. So you're like I got. Plenty of space <laughs> yeah. to fill up here. Yeah. I can keep going. This is the and, anti-animal yeah. castle. So you could basically, in it, it's not a negative in no. any way. No, no. But you're saying that you could probably, if you if you didn't find out about this yes. until it was a trade in paperback, yeah, you'd probably be even more like even happier because you would just read the whole thing and then just be extremely happy yeah i want to binge this entire series yeah. i need i need to contact jeff and i need to say to the jeff jeff you send me the script but you can't stop now you already got issue three i want the you, script you have to give me all of it you have to finish the collection i will do both and then, then you can i will listen i will do both i will do all three this is so good the oh it, it's so and and the art by the way it's freaking Dustin Wynn. Of course the art is beautiful. Of course the art is alluring. And the, the color usage. Like, just because it's in black and white 
doesn't mean you don't get amazing shading. And yeah. I, like, the, the, you can see all of that, how they do that with the shadows. The kids the all sky. look unique. Everything is different. There's no, yeah, the, the background is there. There's no loss of background. Like, I love Jay Lee. I think Jay Lee's art is incredible, but Jay Lee doesn't do backgrounds, like, at all. And Dustin Wynn, in this series, he doesn't have to do backgrounds because it's all set at night, right? Mm. But he uses his shadow, like, he uses, what, cut like, four colors, and they're just incredibly well shaded in. Like, I, I'm trying to find a good representation without giving too much away. It's just so good. All right, why are you not reading Little Monsters? Go do it. All right. Next up. We here at the Read Pile have three pillars of the Read Pile as far as writers are concerned. Technically, we have a fourth pillar, but she doesn't make a lot of books. But when her newest one comes out, I assure you, it'll be on here. Those three pillars are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. And apparently a cat here. On my read pile this week, I have Tom Taylor's Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 11. Issue 11! Oh my goodness! Man, you just flew through it. I know! It, that's... Damn! <laughs> Damn, Tom Taylor! So this, of course, continues the... An, an excellent storyline that we're seeing uh, with this uh, villain, Max Bendix, who is essentially a dictator of a small country where they are experimenting on the people of the country and turning them into metahumans. Uh, John Kent, Superman, finds out about this. Uh, he rescues one of them. Turns out that he and this guy, Jay Nakamura, they become friends uh, and then uh, ultimately start uh, a relationship together. That's where we find out that John Kent is bisexual. And we're moving on into the story as it continues. Now, the last issue, Batman whisked uh, John and Lois away and uh, said Jay couldn't join them because Batman told Superman point blank, you cannot trust Jay. And Superman loves Batman like an uncle and believes that Batman is typically right about these things, but he also is sort of in love with this guy and doesn't want to believe that he's a bad guy. So Batman is Batman and he basically tells him, get fucked, your boyfriend's an asshole. And John says, no, that's not the case, and literally zooms off. And what is very, you know, because John's still a teenager. And have you not run away from your parents and slammed the door behind them because you knew better than they did? I mean, I, I think everybody's... <laughs> I mean, is that not a scene for Rick and Morty? Maybe I just want to care if you see me running away screaming, you know? Yeah. And that's what Superman does here is he zooms off. And he's going to go try and investigate Jay and find out if Jay's really a bad guy. Now, why this is almost my pick of the week, but not quite my pick of the week, is because of the conversation that Pa Kent has with Batman. Where Pa Kent asks Batman a lot of questions. I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to give away too much stuff. But basically, Pa Kent sort of looks at Batman, and I'm paraphrasing here, and says, So you think you know everybody. You think you're so smart, and you know all about matters of love. And then Batman's like, fucking Batman, what the fuck you expect? Yeah, I'm Batman, bitch. Tell your wife I said hi. And Pa sort of looks at him and goes, so correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you almost marry a known burglar, a cat burglar, a villainous woman named Catwoman? And Batman's like, and? And then John sort of looks at him and says, and oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> remind me again of Damien's mom. Was she not a member of the League of Assassins? And Batman's like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm leaving. All right? All right, you're a dick and I'm leaving. <laughs> That's one page of a very, very, very good issue that then comes back to the, taste. Uh, it comes back to the humanity of Superman 
Tom Taylor and and other members of our of our pile here, but Tom Taylor specifically, he takes these incredibly mega powered beings, or in Batman's case, I don't know what is Batman's superpower, whatever. He takes these characters and he brings them all the way back to sitting right next to us here on this couch. Like I look at these characters, I look at Pa Kent in this series, and that's someone I can talk to. I can see Batman. Batman talks the way a person talks in this issue. And of course, Jonathan is a teenager who's got a lot on his mind, and he's also trying to save the world. There's also a very like difficult moment where John tries to save his pet cat uh, when he's a little boy because it got picked up by a hawk and carried away, and it doesn't work out. And from that moment on, because he wasn't able to save the cat, he, he vows that someday he will save everyone. And if you grew up around animals and you grew up around our friends or someone pass away on you and there was nothing you could do to stop them, you probably made a similar vow in your head. It's just really good. It would be my pick of the week. It would. But. But. We here at the Reed Pile have three pillars of the Reed Pile. We technically have a fourth, but she doesn't make comics right now. When she does, she'll be at it. And those pillars are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. This week on the Reed Pile, and my pick of the week, is Batman Killing Time, issue three of six. By Tom King. <laughs> I wish we had a little ding noise. We gotta get a little bell. Ding! ding. So, oh, could you make a note that I need to order another copy of this? Sadly, uh, when I was reading the book, the staples in the middle of the page undid themselves. And uh, now my book is ruined. And normally I wouldn't really care about that, but this is the first appearance of a major new character. So I would like to have a copy of the book that isn't ruined. Uh, We get to meet the character on the cover here is The Help. And the way I explained it to Elle Lestrange is The Help is, best as I can figure it, a uh, Patrick Stewart, um, Jean-Luc Picard-style character who just also happens to be the single most badass fighter of all time. Um, So Penguin calls in the help, and apparently the help is only known as the help, and whenever you call the help, the help is here to clean up any messes and kill literally everyone. Um, what's amazing about Tom King's art, uh, Tom King's writing specifically, which I guess would be his art, what do we always say about Tom King? Is that one day, those weird creatures from the fourth dimension is gonna come beat him up, right? Because he keeps fucking with time. Yeah. You can't fuck with time, Tom King. You gotta stop fucking with time. Or those guys, those meatball guys are gonna come beat you up. Happened to Rick and Morty twice. So, we get the story now, as Tom King books tend to, they always start in like four or five different timelines, and as you get closer to the end of the book, the timelines all intersect, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this issue, we start like 37 minutes into the future, then we bounce back to about an hour, and then we bounce back to like through three hours where we find out who the help is, and, and then we get this incredible fight between Batman and the help, where the help recognizes all of Batman's techniques and abilities, and he actually comments on him, and he's like, man, that's, that's a really good Rajal Ghoul. You don't normally see a Rajal Ghoul. Good for you, young man. And then he brings him outside the head with his pipe, or with his cane. And he leaves a card for Batman. He goes, if you ever want to get some more training, you let me know, while Batman's laying on the ground unconscious. Huh. What is this? What are you doing? Clock. 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> clock king. So Tom, Tom Clock King. Yes, he is. He is the clock king. He is. There you go. There you go, Tom King. There's your next story. You need to do a, t a Clock King story. God knows you can do it. Get, it's uh, just him. <laughs> wouldn't that be great if we find out the Clock King is actually, like, he's been writing all these stories the whole time? Um, but there you go. There's your next one. After you finish Human Target, go get Clock King, another nobody supervillain, and turn them into an I amazing did, character. I actually was able to make a pretty good drawing. You were. It's true. You could be, you could be the artist. Contact Tom if you would contact L. She has some Clock King artwork. I will share it And this reminds me that uh, Kite Man getting his own spin-off show on HBO Max. Thank you, Tom King. The reason why Killing Time is so good is because we are now getting to the meat and potatoes of what's happening here. We are seeing what everyone is after. I thought, as I'm sure many people thought, that Riddler and Catwoman stole Batman's secret identity and that they were going to sell it to the highest bidder. No, 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 no. We actually find out what it is they stole. We found out where it came from, how Batman got it, why it's so precious to him, why it matters to him. All of this amazing stuff. We get the first appearance of the help. We get this amazing fight sequence. We get an incredible revelation. And then we get what Tom King does best. He gets us to get all in on what is absolutely happening. But I know you, Tom King. I know you better than this. In the first issue of Killing Time, there was this weird caveat i guess interlude interlude that takes place with some roman emperor being like shanked by his wife his mom and his wife and a whole bunch of other women and they stabbed him da, 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 and he died and that's not really referenced again they mentioned it a little bit in issue two just a little bit and then in issue three it's completely forgotten but not by me because i know you tom king and i know everything had a reason everything has a reason you don't just put shit in your books you fuck with time you're the clock king then i know what you're doing so i know I know that, that that MacGuffin in that box is not what you want us to think it is. Unless it is. Maybe, like, maybe the... Okay, hang on. Give me a second. Because it does take place in the, that, that original guy getting shanked. That is the same timeline, right? So, okay, maybe I don't know. Regardless, this is why this is my, my book of the week. Oh, my God. It is so cool. It is so good. You have three major events happening. You've got... The appearance of the help and how the help beats the piss out of Batman. You get to see more of Batman's history uh, with Ra's al Ghul and learning all of the tricks of the trade. The help is one of the coolest new villains I've ever met, period. You get to see what the big thing is. And then, <laughs> then you find out that the help is not a dummy either. He immediately goes to see Penguin in uh, a hospital, right? Mm -hmm. And what do you think he does when he's at the Penguin? How do you think he found Riddler and Catwoman and Batman to begin with? He saw the same beating marks on Penguin that Batman did, and he was able to discern the same shit that Batman did, and that's why he was able to beat Batman to the punch. Hmm. So not only is he a better fighter than Batman, he is just as smart and just as good as a detective. Nice. nice. It's pretty freaking insane. It's insane. It's... <laughs> Tom King! <laughs> All right, let's get let's get it done. So our picks of the week this week uh, are Batman Killing Time issue three of six and Nubia the Coronation Special one shot. Uh, we also, of course, would recommend picking up Superman Son of Kal El issue eleven, Little Monsters issue three, and Twig issue. God, everything on the repile this week is really good. Uh, Quests aside, another great book that we both enjoyed. If you're an Uber nerd. 
You love every little thing that's in there. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to donate to us so we can buy more comics, we're not hurting, but I could use some help. <laughs> it's an addiction. Anyway, that wraps up this week's episode of the Read Pile. Before we go, we always want to say thank you to all of our friends. Of course, the Space Bastards, Bad Cave Comics, Glurk and Bo, BG Comics, AJ Schumacher, Eric Palicki, the IndieCaster Sister Show, which is about ready to start doing shows again, so we're really looking forward to having the IndieCast back up on the WNRN. Make sure you check us out at the WNRN. Stay tuned for our audio-only version of the show, which does come with ads from Anchor, but allows us to uh, make money and continue to buy comics. So if you want to help us out, all you got to do is click the link that I'm going to add to the uh, video here and just hit play one time. It'll help our ad revenue. It'll help us generate more income. I think we're almost to $50. Until next time, I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, of course, for the original Angry Nerd Girl and the best cat mom ever, Ella Strange. Signing off. As a reminder, <laughs> most people will most people try and avoid the strange and unusual, but L is strange and unusual. We will be back next week with more comics, more notice, probably more leaking of my nose as my allergies get worse and worse. And until then, we want to say uh well, say goodbye, Al. Bye, Al. You just me that one. I, I, very strong. You can't push me. Uh, now to cancel the audio-only version. Hello, audio-only. Hello. <laughs>